Today's episode is brought to you by Grady Restoration, the restoration company you can count on. If you've got any storm damage, water damage, fire damage, give the folks at Grady Restoration a call. They can handle it all. 763-238-8127 or check them out on the web at GradyRestoration.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the rest. Let's go! Welcome back to The DK Project. Zooming in today via Zoom Zoom. That's our new deal. Uh, we've got Shannon Wilson. Where are we finding you at? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you zooming from? I am zooming outside of Philadelphia. I'm in South Jersey, outside of Philadelphia. South Jersey. I see you got a little accent there yeah. when you said that. So, is that where you're from? No, I'm. I'm originally from Texas. I was born and raised in Houston, but I've been out here for about 18 years. So okay, so I'm going through this right now with my wife. I hate our <laughs> weather. It's it's. I'm in Minneapolis. And there's three inches of snow out there today, like literally snowing outside of this studio and it's October. So if you go from Houston to Jersey or Philadelphia, that's a weather shift. Like, how do you take that weather? I mean, this snow and gray and cold, come on, it's dumb. Why, why do we put up with this? Do you, does it bother you? Yeah. I mean, I lived in Texas for 18 years and then, well, I went to college up there too. So we'll say till I was 21. I moved to Colorado, but Colorado, it, it snows, but it's really sunny and sunny. gorgeous and dry. So you can, it's tolerable, correct? I was just, I and, was, I was just there. Oh, I got to start my video recording here. Um, I was just there um, over the weekend. Uh, it was in the, by Estes Park and it was really a ploy to get my wife to go, Hey, this is kind of nice. Cause I'm all in. I'm, you know, back the U-Haul up. I'm ready to go. I, I don't, it's crazy. But yeah, the, the 300 days of sunshine a year is really the key to success. And the real reason why I bring <laughs> this up, sunny. the real reason mm-hmm. why I bring this up is tomorrow you got snow coming your way because it's here today. It's going there tomorrow. That's kind of how this works. So be prepared. <laughs> it's horrible. It's well, I, yeah, I, the weather out here kills me sometimes. I mean, it, it's warm today though, but yeah, I get bummed out with, with, well, I didn't snow one time last year, so it was really cold, but with no snow. So I, I would like some snowy days when it's that freezing. That's true. Just yeah. If it's going to be cold, you might as well have snow. I mean, really, that's, that's really fair yeah, game I, then. But what, what, yeah. so, so now you're an actress and a singer and a producer, author. What do you do? Everything. <laughs> It sounds like I do, but I just, it, that, that was a long period of time. I've been around for a long time. Yeah. So, so a little give, bit of everything. Give me the highlight reel. Like what, uh, what now people, uh, who are only listening to the audio portion of this, tell them where, where'd you start? How'd you get to this? Where'd you go to school in Texas? A really small university, but I loved it. It was Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> wow. What's that? Have you heard of like? it? Hell no. <laughs> Has anybody heard of it? Home of the Lumberjacks. The Lumberjacks. Of course. of course they're the Lumberjacks. Okay, say the name of the school one more time a little slower. 
Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas. Nacogdoches, Texas. Where is that? That is two and a half hours outside of Houston. It's towards Louisiana. It's north. Okay. It's in the East Texas Pines. Well, of course. As some would say, the Bible Belt. How did you get rid of your Texas draw? Oh, it comes out. I mean, if I have some beers with my, you know, you, you give me a red solo cup with alcohol in it. <laughs> and it's back. It comes right back. So did you go to school for uh, theater? What did you, what did you, how'd you get into this? No, I, I was, I was actually radio television and a political science major. And I was the DJ at KSA U90.1 on the college radio station. U90.1? 90.1 KSAU. Spinning the hits from coast to coast. Nice. That's awesome. So you're familiar <laughs> yeah, we were heard with this everywhere. whole thing. You know how this works? What? I said, you know how this works, this whole radio thing? You 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 started there. And then what, you just started singing or what? <laughs> I've always sang. I'm just really shy about doing it. So. Why is it bad? I, I Are you good at it? What? Are you good at it or is it bad or what? I mean, are you good? I'm terrible at it. Are you yeah, really? That's why I'm so shy because I'm horrible. No, no, I think I'm okay at it. I mean, I, I waited on a guy. So there's a man named Stan Morez that I waited on in Denver years ago. And he was Tim McGraw's manager and was in the music industry out of Nashville. And he was so sweet. And he's like, please tell me you can sing because we sing, you know, and I said, no, I can't. I was too shy to tell him. And I regretted that because I actually could kind of sing and I played instru I played instruments. And um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to start writing music. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to record some stuff because I don't want to regret not ever doing that. And so I found out this guy around the corner from me, Jim Heffernan was a big music producer and a studio musician in Nashville. And he now lives outside of my town. Really? So someone put me in contact with him and we recorded stuff and it's on Spotify. I have like, little fan following. I get little right. streaming. I mean, it's, a, it's not a lot of, you know, it's like 0 0.001 cent <laughs> it's for something. each time the song streams. You know what can, you know what'll make you feel better? That's that much more than I've made singing. So you're doing, you're doing well. So, so you're talking to Tim McGraw's guy and you don't even know that, or did you know that's who that was? I knew, I could tell that he was someone, a lot of famous people, Yoko Ono, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all sorts of famous people came into Denver into this particular restaurant when I worked there for a long time. What's the name of And him? he, I could tell he was like someone, not important, I hate to say that, but he and I just put it off and we stayed in contact through the years. And I found, found out that he was these, this manager of all of these um, really big names. Yeah. And he, he's retired now. And I, and I thought, you know what? I'm older now. When I got when I wrote my music and recorded it, I was way beyond what you know that time frame of trying to sing. But I wanted to. I was just so you know, when you have an opportunity, you should take advantage of it. But it wasn't meant to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. If, if I had gone, yeah, I think that it was meant for me to not go down that path. Nice. So now, it could have turned out negative, you know. Well, and and it's and it's difficult. I know. I'm actually reading a book right now about. You know how you can't let that stuff slip by. You got to capitalize on it as soon as you can. And, and, you know, cause if you, if you don't, then you're going to go the rest of your life, give it with the old, what if, you know, but failure is a scary animal. That's for sure. But I, so, so is that how, is that what you yeah. started with was singing 
Or did you start with acting? Where did, was, did you start with singing or did you start with acting? I mean, I, the last 12 years I ran, I started a promotional staffing company. So I've been running a staffing marketing company throughout the country for a long time. Oh, wow. So I haven't done it. I did the singing part with that. So for me, it was just fulfilling a goal that I had to take my guitar and write down songs and record them. And then from there, just people, you know, on Spotify are different. I, I got to see that people like the music. It's not like I had a ton of followers, but just enough to where you're like, oh, that's cool. Somebody's listening and, and like stuff. It, it makes you feel good. Yeah. And then I haven't written anything in a while for, for music. And I stopped staffing a while. I guess about three years, no, four years ago, I told my husband I didn't want to run the company anymore. And so I kind of retired that and tried acting. Really? So just on a whim, yeah. you're like, I'm going to try acting? Kind of. And it's actually been longer than that. I say four years ago. I get my, I'm really bad at time. I always just say just the other day when it was like months ago or years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. So I went into New York about five and a half, six years ago, told my husband, I'm going to see if I can audition and see if I can make something happen. And he supported it because he's used to my whims. Wow. And Really? And so here we are. Yeah. So- would you call yourself then a working actress? Like, are you, that's your deal. You're making money. You're doing jobs. You're, 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 you're knocking it down. You're starting to build an IMDB yeah. list. You, you, you think? Yes. And I mean, just the credits that I'm getting, I mean, for, for, for a long time, I didn't, I've auditioned a lot for a lot of things and not, not gotten them, but in the last few, you know, year, in the last year, I've booked a lot of great projects. I mean, really? some really good stuff. So Snow Babies, the movie that's out now, I'm really proud of. And Halston, which will be on Netflix, um, starring Ewan McGregor. I have a part on that. Wow. And um, I play the wife of a really well-known actor, but I can't say his name because it's released. But we all know who he is. Oh. He's super sweet. So these things that I'm slowly getting, it took a lot of work. Yeah. NYU films. I would do student films. I would do little bit parts. I had a part on elementary with two words. That was a huge booking for me. Yeah. So a lot of rejection. Oh, yeah. You start to see it. If you chip away long enough at anything, <laughs> you can do anything. Exactly. I, uh, I'm like for real. I'm a, uh, struggling voiceover actor who, uh, I'm kind of the same way, you know, like I audition a thousand times and you book a little deal and it, you know, to your, wife or husband, it's like, eh, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh no, it's a big deal. Like I got, I got, I finally got something, you know, and they don't understand it. The audition, yeah. they don't. And the audition is a big deal. I mean, just to get in the door, some of the things I have auditioned for and I didn't get, I can't believe I even had the opportunity to, to try for it. That's so cool. And with your voiceover, you're not just auditioning for that part. You're showing them what you can do and they will remember you. Well, and I, I think so, a big part, and I've always been a strong advocate for, I have a bunch of businesses and, and I've always been a, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer. So it's, it, it you know, the things I do, uh, aren't as technical based as those type of professions. So it's all about connections, you know, and in, in, in the voiceover world, the podcast world, it's about who, you know, you know, it's about connections you've made and, and who you know. You just never know what someone can offer or or what they have. And one of my businesses is um, a real estate one where you're not, you know, there's no benefit to networking. There's no benefit to 
to, uh, uh, you know, talking to people and, and marketing or any of that. It's just me and, and it's been that way for 25 years. Um, so once I got mm-hmm. into the voiceover world and started relating that, and it's like everybody you talk to who knows somebody who knows something and it, and it just spirals and, and it's the same, same thing in the, I, I interview a lot of actors who are much like yourself where they're just like, you know, I, I want to do this. And, uh, you know, I, I responded to a Craigslist ad or I responded to a, an open audition or whatever. And it just starts to go. Cause I think people have such a, a thing in their head that that's only for certain people in California or that's only for, you know, trained actresses and actors when really it's not, they're looking for different people. They're looking for different stuff and maybe what you're, you know, and, and so yeah. it's really an interesting world that a lot of people have no idea about. And it's, I don't want to say it's not attainable, but it's, you know, you keep scratching, you keep going, you keep, and eventually it's going to happen. You know what I mean? You'll get somewhere or you'll at least yes. become, you'll at least become okay with the success you've achieved and you'll call it good, you know? Uh, but I'm starting in my uh, voice. That's exactly world, right. It's- I'm starting to see it roll. So as you book jobs now, are you starting to see like, well, she was in snow babies or she was in that. And now, well, maybe we'll look at her for this. Is that, are you finding that, that it's kind of snowballing? Sorry about the pun. <laughs> yes, my first, yes, my first, my snowballing. <laughs> um, my first auditions were literally no lines, you know, like auditioning for Gotham, a woman that laughs maniacally. Like I had to go into the audition room and like, ah, you know, laughing. <laughs> and they were all these funny auditions or, you know, elementary, that one was two words. All I said was I wasn't, you know? Oh. And so you, you, you just kind of chip away and I would show up for everything, everything that I could audition for on TV, I would go in there for, even if I knew I wouldn't book it because it didn't match what I looked like, my height or whatever it was, I would go in because it was an opportunity to get in front of them. Right. And sometimes they just want to test you. They know you're not going to book it. They just want to see how you do. Yeah. Um, so, well, I think a lot yeah, of that, I think, I think it's all, a, huh? I think a lot of that is, is, you know, for what you're doing, you know, when I auditioned, you know, you're seeing more of me now than anybody else that I've, you know, like people don't, uh, you know, there's a reason why I do radio and podcasts. Cause I don't, I don't want to go in front of people and act someday. Maybe, I don't know. You know, I, I, I always talk about a, a comedic standup run before I die, but when you got to go in and there's like 75 gotta people in there and they're all reading their line, I don't know. That would make me nervous as hell. That's, that's a big accomplishment that you can even go in there and, and lay it out. Cause just, just reading lines Thank in you. front of people is difficult, but then characterizing them, making them your own or making them the character they're looking for, but putting your own spin on it. It's hard. People don't understand the hardest part about even the voice acting is acting. Acting is hard to do. And I think a lot of people just, cons- well, you know, you just got to get on TV and then you're fine, but it's not, you got to sell it every time. It's not- you have, you have to take classes. I took improv classes up in New York at the Upright Citizens Brigade. I took I took classes from some good coaches. And, Is that really intimidating? Um, just took classes in Philly. And I also watch actors. I watch them in film. I will rewind. I will, I re rewatched The Godfather two the other or The Godfather the other night. I rewound the scene with Marlon Brando like three or four times because his reaction was so unbelievable and De Niro and Godfather too. There's just, I will rewind and watch and see what they do. And the best actors just don't really do anything. And you're so drawn into it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... With just, just their eyes. Do you think that's something so that someone can teach you? Have... Hmm? Do you think that's something someone can teach you? 
Or do you think that's something that you have to have? Like, like obviously Brando had it, you know, uh, Pacino has it. I don't know. There's some of the movies he does. He was trained though. But you think they can, they can just, you can teach, they can teach you that to be that natural. Yeah. I think you can, they were trained that those guys were method actors. I mean, they took, they studied and under Lee Strasberg and other acting coaches. So I think you can, I think you can learn. I think just like anybody can learn how to play an instrument, maybe not like Eddie Van Halen or something with guitar. You can, you can learn how to play something. And if you work that enough, that muscle enough, then you can figure it out. Yeah. I mean, some of my auditions were, you were talking about nerves. I got so nervous before I would go into rooms sometimes. So nervous. Because you put pressure on yourself. You're like, this is my one shot. Yeah. If I blow it, they'll never call me back. Well, guess <laughs> what? To those people that ruin their auditions, because I have had some bad ones where I've forgotten all my lines, mm. they will call you back. It's the way you handle yourself in the room. Oh. If you're failing, just... I, I failed so bad on a blacklist audition. I was... They had me as a reporter. I had all of these lines memorized. I had to do, do them to the camera. I could not get the words out. I completely had a panic attack and an out-of-body experience all at the same time. So what do you do? What happens? <laughs> what, what do you do? It what was do you Zoe say? Rotter was the casting director. Well, Zoe was so sweet. She's, I had been in there before, and I finally, she let's just try it again. And I go, I can't do it. I, I can't. I just, really? It's not going to happen. I walked out of there so shame-faced and just dog-faced. And... They called me in again. They gave me another chance. So I didn't make any excuses. I wasn't like, I haven't memorized. I I just said, I'm so sorry. It's just not, I can't, it's not happening today. And I just walked out with my head held high. There you go. There you go. Boy, that shifts your day though, doesn't it? It kind of puts you in the crapper the rest of the day because it it, it gets in your head. I was, I was devastated. How how do you go back the next day? (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? I'll do it again. How, how, do, how do you go back the next time, though? How do you go back knowing that you got choked the first time and now you got to do the same thing and you go back? How do you do it? Yeah, that, that office, it took a while to get not so to be not so nervous because I had bombed so badly. So, yeah, <laughs> there's more pressure. Like, I can't do this again. <laughs> but I, I, I switched my mindset. So before I would go into rooms or before I go into rooms, it's different now with COVID because it's all step tape, but with auditions, instead of getting nervous, I would make myself smile. And then I would think, I cannot believe I'm auditioning for this part. I cannot believe I am here auditioning in New York city for this hit television show. I can. And then, and then I got excited and happy about it. And I was just, I just looked at the big picture of the fact that I was there. That's cool. That's you know? a big deal though. On top yeah. of my, so you keep adding all these factors. Like you're not in the middle of Atlanta jumping on a open casting. You're in New York city, you know, for a major TV show, that's a ton of pressure. And, and the only reason why I can understand that is because I've done some auditions for voiceover stuff where you're like, or is this really happening? Like, I'm, am I really doing, but I'm not looking at someone. I'm not looking at a camera. I'm just sitting here in my hovel and no one knows what's going on. So that, I mean, that alone, kudos to you. That's a big step. That's really hard to do, especially if you've run into some spots where you had some trouble and you get choked up. I mean, that's good for you. That's, that's awesome. I, um, oh, I lost your camera there. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm so sorry. No, I no. forgot to put it on. Do not. Don't even worry about it. I uh, I think what you're doing is you're just flashing headshots so people can see other looks. That's what you're doing. 
I've seen it. I've seen it. Subliminal stuff. Yeah. Hire me. Yeah. Do you have a popcorn one? <laughs> Get some popcorn. Um, yeah. So let's... yeah, I pull up my headshot. Yeah, there you go. What do you, what do you, uh, yeah, all of a sudden your credentials roll across with your, with your agent's number. Yeah. What are the, um, so what was the first big job that you booked? Like what's, uh, what was the first like, wow. Is that, is that a, a, a TV show? Was that a movie? What, what, what was your first big, uh, big deal? The one I, I consider every booking a big deal, but this one that, that I'm doing now called Halston is the biggest, uh, it's such a big deal. It's a Ryan Murphy production. He is so huge right now as a producer with American Horror Story and Ratchet and all of these hit shows, Glee. I mean, he's just amazingly talented and the director of Halston it's a limited series on Netflix there's five episodes oh, wow Dan Menahan's the direct the director and he has directed one of my favorite shows is Deadwood from HBO and he's directed many of my favorite shows and so this recent job that I got that we're that I'm working on is just such a big deal for me I mean I can't even that's believe huge it. are you a main are you a main player in that one yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a main player. I'm on it. Um, I'm a recurring part. I have a very famous person that's the sweetest guy that plays my husband. I can't announce his name yet. Oh. Um, but I'm in quite a few scenes. And Halston was a fa an iconic fashion designer from the 70s. And um, he was best friends with Liza Minnelli. Oh. And Ewan McGregor is playing Halston. So I went on set. I was so, I auditioned, this is, I auditioned for a different part a few lines didn't get it didn't hear anything back and then they called me about a month later and said to my agent we'd like to offer shannon the role of bobby mahoney which was an even bigger part wow so good i'm just you. like beyond it hmm? how is it that you I, I said good for you how is it that that you could disclose you and mcgregor but you can't talk about your husband that's crazy because it's on i it's public it's it's been announced that he's in the in oh, the show okay so they've already released yeah. that portion of it I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, Let's... it's it's been released, so we can say that, but I can't say the other name. Let's talk about this. I wish snow I could. Babies. What's that? We have a. We I have said a, I wish I could, but we have a Zoom delay. Yeah. Well, when when do they think they will? When's it going to come out? I'm not used to. We'll start that. shooting again um, <laughs> soon. I don't know when. I mean, it's coming out next year. I don't know when they're going to announce it. I. But he's super sweet and so nice and. I find a lot of the people that have been in the business for a long time are very, very kind and very supportive. That's cool. I, the, I would you know, everybody that I've met. It's it's a mm -hmm. it's a pretty good gig, so I'm sure they're pretty uh, pretty low key and pretty you know laid back. Because uh, once you realize that you're in it, you know, and and you're and you're doing well, then you you should just be thankful. So I would imagine a lot of, and I've always heard that, like you know, a lot of the legendary people in the industry are just really cool people which you know that's mm -hmm. great that's good to hear but we need to talk about this snow babies this is i mm -hmm. i, I kind of watched it a little bit the the previews and whatnot is that out is that available yeah it was released september 29th and it's on fandango and amazon and voodoo and apple and it's we're getting great feedback from the audience and reviews are good from the audience and I hope that it is able to help people who are addicted to, to heroin. Well, and, and, and it's I a think very intense film from the, from the small portion that I saw the snow babies, isn't like snow, snow. It's like a drug maybe of sorts, 
Uh, so people shouldn't think it's going to be like a skiing, snowboarding film. It's not, <laughs> but it, but it looks like it. I think I want to, I'm going to check it out. I, I, you know, when I would, I didn't know about it, but it looks like, um, and you're what, you're the mom in this deal. Yep. I'm the mom of the, of a 16 year old heroin addict. She's the lead is Katie Kelly. She's, unbe- she's phenomenal. That's You'll see kid, it, right? she'll blow you away. And I play her mother. Um, and, and I don't know. I, it's funny because when they sent, when they, I got the audition, I thought it was a Christmas movie, happy winter movie. And then yeah. I got the script and was like, wow. And Snow Babies is S-N-O Babies. Yeah. So people go. look it up. Um, that's how you spell snow. And she's, my daughter's a 16-year-old uh, honor student, suburbs, good kid. And she gets hooked on Oxy at a party. Somebody gives her a pill and then she's, and it sounds so dramatic, but 80% of heroin users started off on opiates. And the, the movie, we took so many stories, the writers, Mike Walsh and the directors, Bridget Smith, and they interviewed so many families that are uh. dealing with heroin addiction and teenagers. And we took a lot of their stories and put it in the film. And I was naive. I didn't realize how bad uh. it was in the suburbs until I did this film. I would be, I would be. You know, I'm pretty, I've got kids, uh, uh, you know, from 14 to, I've got almost a 30 year old, but, uh, you know, I've got a full range and, and I know it's out there and I know, you know, I, whatever, uh, you hate to think of, of drugs at that level. You know, I, I was just in Colorado and my daughter goes to San Diego where marijuana is legal. And in, in San Diego, it's just terribly annoying. It's everywhere. It's just, it's everywhere. Ridiculous. I agree with you. Where, where in Colorado, I think they've had it legalized so long now that they're a little bit more cool about it. Like it's, you know, it's not as whatever, but when you look at these schools in the inner city and schools in the suburbs and look at the way that they're trying to, uh, get the inner city kids to come out to the suburbs so that they can have a better education or whatever. And then you look at the drugs in these schools and how they're going back and forth and what level of drugs. I mean, we're not talking about marijuana anymore i know when i was young it was marijuana lsd da 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 da. but now and these are like killers these are big deals and and it almost scares you to the point where to watch a movie like snow babies because i don't want you know you don't want to know you don't want to see that but it's it's one of those where it's going to pull uh on a bunch of your emotions if you have kids i would imagine because it's very real it can happen at any time and at any time and anywhere. And that's the thing, like, we don't want to put a stereotype. I think people put a stereotype to inner cities thinking, oh, inner city. Um, Cause I went to a school in Houston where it was a real mix. Uh, we were the minority and I, and I, you know, I loved that. I was the only white girl on my basketball team. And um, you know, we don't want to put a stereotype that it's inner cities mixing with people in the suburbs and the drug problem gets bad because that's not the case. Oh no, and, no. And the, the suburbs, it's so high within our suburbs and these good schools. My good friend told me a story after I booked Snow Baby. She told me that one of her friend's daughters was a star field hockey player and was on her way to Notre Dame, 17, 16 or 17. She got an injury. They put her on opiates, opioids, and she got, this is outside of Philly, got hooked on heroin from that. And her mother had to go fetch her off of Kensington Avenue, where a lot of this movie is filmed. It's the epicenter of the heroin problem in our country. People bust themselves in to get to Kensington Avenue because heroin is just everywhere. Ah. And, and she OD'd a year later. 
Wow. This gorgeous, sweet star athlete within a year, year and a half, dead. That's scary. And that's scary. So just be careful, guys, with your kids. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son. And we just have to be careful what we put them on if they get an injury in sports or something else. Like I would never, after being in this film, put my kids on any sort of Yeah, it's dangerous. I, I what did we do when we were young? That we didn't have, you know, like, like, are these, are these new? Like, I, I mean, the opiates and whatnot, like how, how come that wasn't, I don't think it was a problem when I was young. I don't remember, but, um, it's just everywhere. It was like, Brad, I don't think they talked about it. Now we know more, but somebody, I was on a podcast recently and they reminded me about Brett Favre. Oh yeah. And the addiction he had. I had forgotten about that. How long ago? That was a while ago. Yeah, and for sure. It has been around for a while. Rush Limbaugh talks about it. You know, I, I remember he was another one that was addicted to Oxycontin. That was a while back. So, you know, the pills are nasty. Oof. Judy Garland with pills. I mean, you just you just have to be so careful. And you don't know how addicted you could be. Just from first try. Some people are fine when they take it. Some people aren't. You don't know if you are or aren't. Well, and I know... Um... I know that, uh, it, it, you know, obviously they've made it more difficult to get them and whatnot, but I know that, uh, it's a, it's a thing they're everywhere. And then it just progresses from there. And I think a lot of people are like, well, why, why would you ever get on heroin? Why would you ever do that? But if you're on a painkiller for whatever, it, it's kind of a progression, you know, like it's just kind of a natural swing and man, it's scary. It's really scary. So I, I'm going to have to check this movie out. It's going to be you know, I got a 13 year old, an 18 and a 19 or no, it's a 19 Ooh. and a 20, but I, uh, cause you just hate, you may have to forward some parts. I forwarded some parts. I showed it to my 14 year old. Yeah. Um, How did there's that some, go? we have the remote on hand. Some of it's a bit, it is a very intense film. Ooh. It was hard to film. I was very tired in a lot of the movie because I was tired because it was just exhausting. Some of the scenes to do, um, but the cast is so great and there are, the police officer in it, my friend Gemma, she's an actual retired Philly cop for the past 15 years. And she does the scene and you believe her 100 percent because she's she's a police officer. Uh. She's an actress now doing great. She's a real cop. And let me tell you, she is so scary. She will scare you straight in the scene. So, really? Well, I, know. I know. I know that um, like when I start to hear commercials and, and recordings that I've done, I. I critique it, you know, like, oh, I sound a little fast there. Oh, you know, do you do that when you're watching Snow Babies? Like you just said, you you look tired. Is it is it something where you're like, oh, geez, I, you know, my makeup wasn't great that day or, you know, I had some in my teeth. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like do you just yes. critique yourself the whole time to where you can't even like watch the show? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yes, because we're all kind of vain, aren't we, in some way, some well, way or sure. another. We're hard on ourselves too, but yeah, there's a particular scene that I look so tired in. I'm like, oh my God, could I look? So I was thinking that, but we had shot it after a big dramatic scene. But I I was proud of my, I was proud of the way, I don't know, I'm proud of the film and what how I did in it. And well, that's awesome. I, and that, that comes from the good, that comes from Bridget. She's just a fantastic director. Wow, that's great though. That's exciting when it's a, a full film like that and, and, and it uh, it sounds like it's uh, gaining some traction, and it's uh, it's it's a good one. So I'm going to check it out, and all of our listeners should for sure. And then next year, well, next spring, you think you'll have Halston out? Yeah, Halston, and there's a couple of other films that I have um, that I'm working on as well. And Snow Babies also, let me mention, for the music lovers, has a fantastic soundtrack. Oh, really? 
Nikki Six is a part of it. He was really supportive of the film. Really? His manager, that's who bought the film. So we have, you know, from Corey Marks to, you know, all these country singers, Brantley Gilbert, and then we have, you know, Viking or Death Punch. So it goes from hard rock to country that's wow. on the soundtrack. That's cool. Um, so they backed the film. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Well, and I think I think uh, sometimes that uh, that portion of it gets lost when you're watching a movie that a good soundtrack is a big deal. And it and wow, Nikki Six, did you get to meet him? <laughs> I no. did not get to meet him. We were supposed to have a big theatrical release. It was supposed to be in theaters, but and I would have gotten to meet him. Uh, and I love Motley Crue. That oh, so it should cool the me. movie was supposed to be a th- a big theater thing. Oh, it was supposed to be in the theaters, but they had to cancel that. So damn COVID. You know, you just, whatever. Yeah, it'll happen. It, you, you, you'll get you'll get your shot at the red carpet. It sounds like uh, you got a lot of stuff going on. That's so exciting. I um, thank I'm, you. I'm thinking that um, we'll put a link on our website so people can check out uh, your IMDb and 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 link directly to you because, as you probably well know, there's a lot of Shannon Wilsons out there. You're uh, not with an A though. Not Shannon with an A. With an a. That's true. It's Shannon with two A's, and that's uh, how you're going to yeah. find her. I uh, I think it's it's always interesting to see how um, how people progress in the industry and how their take on it is because a lot of people who like yourself are just kind of clawing their way at it. They really appreciate these small roles, these parts that are starting to grow, and it's just fun to watch. So we're going to have to check in on it you is. down the road, and and once you get to be big and famous, you don't forget about the DK project um, so that we can still interview <laughs> you. Um, but I got to wrap this up. I'm going to get the I'm going to get the horn here from Zoom, which I've never gotten before. I don't know why that is, but um, I got to upgrade my package, I guess. Um, so anyway, um, well, that we don't want to go. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> You're exactly right. If it was just that easy, just click a button. Um, but Shannon, we can't thank you enough for all the time. We're going to link everything on the website and uh, let everybody know where they can find you. What's your, what's your, do you have social media? Where do you like, where do you want people to go to dig, dig up your stuff? Yeah. Um, I have Instagram. It's, I'm not on it all the time, but Shannon, S H A N N A N Wilson seven. And then, um, you can go on my website, shannonwilson.com. Follow me on Twitter. For Send sure. me funny things that make me laugh and help me with my day. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, we can't thank you enough for all the time. And like I said, we're going to check in on you down the road when you get to be a big wheel in the uh, in the machine. So thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye now. Bye. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, the DK Project Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.